Thanks for listening to Pod of Jake. I'm Jake. You can reach me anytime by emailing jake at blogofjake.com. I'm fortunate to have some sponsors supporting the show whose products I genuinely love and recommend. I'll start with a word on those so the rest of the episode will have no interruptions. I hope you enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Levels. Levels uses continuous glucose monitoring to track your blood sugar in real time. It allows me to see the impact that everything I do has on my metabolic health so that I can optimize my diet and exercise accordingly. Wearing the Levels patch, I feel like I'm living in the future. There's this moment when you raise your phone to the back of your arm, it vibrates and shows your glucose level right on the screen. It's this instantaneous look inside yourself, an in-the-moment snapshot of what's going on inside your body. And while it's only showing one simple measurement for now, it's enough for me to see the future. And that's exciting. It's exciting because I believe that we can live meaningfully longer and healthier lives than we do today. And I believe technologies like Levels will help us to get there. Levels is currently running an exclusive beta program with a wait list of over 100,000 people, but you can skip the line and join Levels today by using my link in the show notes, levels.link slash jake. Again, that's levels.link slash jake. This episode is brought to you by Aura. That's O-U-R-A. The Aura ring, from my perspective, is the single best wearable on the market. I use it to measure my sleep, activity, and readiness on a daily basis. I bought my Aura ring several months ago before talking with the company's CEO on the podcast. I haven't taken it off since. I believe what gets measured gets managed. So if you care at all about your health, which you should, you have to measure your sleep in order to manage it. Aura measures much more than just my time in bed. It tracks my REM sleep versus deep sleep, my resting heart rate and heart rate variability, my temperature, my activity, and much, much more. For $299, you can get your own Aura Ring on AuraRing.com. That's O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G.com. AuraRing.com. Okay, let's get into it. Thank you, Lola, for taking the time and joining me on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I actually used your product. You're the founder and CEO of a company called Base that does uh, at-home lab testing and comes with a smart app and it's blood and saliva testing so people can sort of get a grip on their health. Uh, but you have a really cool story and I'm excited to talk about it and about the app and uh, the product you're building and everything like that. So uh, without any further ado, for, for those who aren't as familiar with you, I uh, would love to get started by just having you share your story and um, as early as you're willing to start and, uh, you know, talk about how you got into entrepreneurship or everything like that in the first place. Uh, always love to hear the origin story and then uh, we'll go from there. Thank you for having me, Jake. Yeah, I'm happy to start from the quote unquote very beginning that, you know, it's it's my background, which is a mixture of engineering and science. I went to med school to, you know, drop out and went to engineering school after, uh, you know, like I, I was passionate about helping people feel better and, you know, saving people's lives. But then I didn't really see the scale of a doctor. And I've always been passionate about scaling and big tech was such a such an appealing industry to me that I transitioned to engineering. Um, and I came to the U.S. about eight years ago to do a master's in artificial intelligence, in AI, to then work for big tech companies, Amazon, Facebook, Instagram. And what happened to me that led me to Foundbase was that it was 3 p.m. and you hit that breaking point. You cannot focus, you don't have energy after work. I really struggle. And at the time I was 27 years old um, and I was, you know, I was of course working a lot, growing my career rapidly. And I wanted to do more at work. I wanted to do more with my relationships and my friends and, you know, my social life. And I just felt like I couldn't. Um, and you go to Google and you find so many conflicted, you know, advice or tips from you have to sleep eight hours, you know, eight hours a day, or it's not about quantity, it's about quality, or you have to work out five times a week, no, three, like this diet, this other thing. There's so many things, right? As consumers, when you have a problem that could be your sleep or your energy, you can go so many in, in so many directions. 
And at the time I tried the keto diet, which was early 2017, a bit experimental. And it, you know, regulated my blood sugar. I was feeling okay. And three months in, again, not feeling great. So because I, as I mentioned, I have that medical background, although I went to med school just for one year. Um, I do I do have my network of now doctors that I can access to. And I was, you know, messaging with them. And we came up with a list of, you know, lab tests that I could do to really start understanding what was going on with my health from fatigue to like my diet, some weight loss, like um, weight loss issues. And I went to the doctor here with my list of tests. It took a million years to get those approved and, you know, the results and so forth. And I finally found the root cause to that fatigue that I mentioned and brain fog. I was severely, severely deficient in vitamin B12 and folate. Now, who thinks about those two things when you're fatigued or brain fogged, right? Like such a, such a hard thing to, uh, to find. And then my keto diet in the long run and the long, you know, my long-term keto diet caused hormonal imbalances and my LDL to skyrocket, which I don't have any cholesterol history in my, in my family. The doctor's answer was, you, here's your, you know, cholesterol medication. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like I, I, I do not, I can't quit this diet. I do not have any cholesterol issues. Like, um, you know, so basically I took my lab results and I, um, started doing research on my own on clinical trials and what was available out there to fix my thyroid issues, my LDL issues and fix my, you know, my vitamin deficiencies. Uh, long story short, I started feeling quite better a couple of months after, and I transitioned to work for a medical device startup as their head of engineering. And there I learned a lot about, you know, the science community. It was my, you know, going back to the science field again, which felt really good. But I felt like I was still not solving the mission that I was set to to solve or to to work towards that is make this data, the lab data accessible to regular consumers, uh, make it accessible, make it actionable, make it digestible. And to me, what I realized is that there is such a market of people that cannot sleep and they still cannot sleep after they buy an aura ring or they are perpetually hooked into a melatonin supplement or, you know, they want to lose weight and they just cannot figure that one out or digestive issues, right? Like so many problems that are rooted in your vitamin, hormone, and nutrient levels that people just don't think of a lab test. I mean, myself as a, you know, extremely data-driven person, as an engineer, I was actually a, a performance engineer back at Instagram with like, uh, you know, I also got into the data science track. And I had one year of med school, you know, my belt, under my belt. And Still, it took me six months to think of a lab test to figure out what was going on with my health, with my diet, with my stress, with so forth. And, you know, what Bayes really wants to do here, um, and this is why I eventually found Bayes, right? Like, is that I realized that people don't have the data that they need to solve the problems that they have, like, every day, right? Their everyday symptoms or their everyday optimizations. And that's why, you know, uh, eventually I took a step back from my job and, and saw the base. Great. I, I appreciate the story and, uh, and it's certainly an interesting path that you took going to, uh, to medical school to start and then dropping out and finishing your degree and becoming an engineer and uh, having this sort of like health uh, issue that sort of inspired the, the diversion and path. I'm curious, like what was the... Uh, the first company you started at, not not your first job maybe, but um, the one that you mentioned after the health scare, you went and joined, and I think you were the head of engineering there, uh, a company I think was called Core, right? What what yep. were they doing exactly? Um, it's, uh, it's not super public information, but basically uh, it's a medical device that um, it's able to tell you some biomarkers in blood. So within the lab industry space, it's an R&D project that hasn't 
officially launched. That's why I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. able to talk much about it. But basically, um, it was similar to a lab testing device that it's able to give you some biomarkers uh, information. It's, uh, you know, we started the work um, about, well, like four years ago already. Mm. And the project is still going uh, probably soon to be launched uh, in, in a year or two. Right. So I, I guess that sort of lends towards my next question, which was like when you had this, uh, you know, you had like the brain fog and then just like the general fatigue, it sounded like. Um, and, and at that time, obviously, like base wasn't around. You, you hadn't, uh, you know, come full circle and gone and built it yet. And so you had to sort of figure out a way with the traditional options that existed to figure out what was going on and, and how you could fix it. What is like, exactly. you know, base is obviously trying to make this, like I think you said, like accessible, actionable digestible but before base like how does someone in the position that you were in it sounds like you did ultimately come to a solution maybe it was more expensive than you wanted maybe it took more time than you wanted but how did you go about navigating like the current health world uh, or the current world of healthcare to figure out what what was going on and, and remedy it yeah so you have a couple of hacks but you have to put a lot of effort and um, have a lot of scientific knowledge that is you know, you go to your primary care physician with a list of tests and you get them to approve that prescription. That's one route. And then you have to manually research like what each of, you know, those biomarkers results mean, because again, um, they usually have ranges of like, hey, yeah, you're not dying, but within you're not dying, there is like, you know, you're not feeling well or the optimal the optimal range that we call, right? Um so then you have to like interpret that on top of, you know, uh, on top of your doctors prescribing the test. And then there will be a little bit of leg work trying to figure out how to modify those biomarkers or prioritize based on, you know, the symptom or the area that you want to optimize for, which is something that for me, like it often gets dismissed in the healthcare or wellness industry where you're supposed to do it all and you're never going to do it all as a human. We are humans. And there's only probably one percentile of people that are able to check all of the boxes. But I am busy. I have a company to run. I cannot be thinking and optimizing my health at all times because I also have to optimize for my job and and for other things, right? Um, So because of that, right, I always like that approach where I can figure out what to do based on what I'm optimizing for. Am I optimizing for energy? Am I optimizing for sleep because it feels broken? Am I optimizing for like, you know, weight loss or like, what is it the thing that I care about? And based on that, what is the thing that I need to do? So that's the part that, you know, you will have to go into several forums or Reddit and like, you know, ask around uh, once you have your lab results. And the other route I mentioned two options uh, when you ask the question, is a functional medicine doctor, which is going to be crazy. I'm not going to lie. Um, they usually go for 200 to 400 bucks an hour. And then those people can certainly prescribe all of the tests in the world for you and for your wellness. They're usually very well um, educated and trained to cover these type of issues. The only thing is, of course, you have to afford it. Um, it's not super accessible. Um, and, and part of what we are doing at base is just getting their expertise and putting it in our algorithms. But that would be one one good option, especially for you know the person that has time to go to a doctor that that can afford it and that wants that one on one care. That would be an excellent you know excellent choice in, in that case. Yeah, it sounds like if you have uh, I mean if you have the money that the functional doctor might make sense. If you have the time and sort of sounds like you need some level of expertise to like do the research yourself and take it on yourself, then maybe you can go and just get the prescription from your, uh, you know, from your regular doctor and, and see how that goes. But either way, it's, it's not ideal. And uh, understanding this is the problem, or at least part of the problem that inspired you to create base. So uh, I, I do want to dig back into your story a bit, because I think it's really interesting. And there's a couple questions I want to ask there for sure. But uh, while we're on sort of the right track, let's just go ahead and talk about what base is exactly and, uh, you know, how it solves this issue among others. Yep. Um, so we have two types of programs, the monitor and the improvement plan. The improvement plan um, is a three, usually, you know, two to three months program where 
you come to us and then you tell us like, hey, I want to optimize for my brain fog or like, I'm really anxious. I don't know what to do with myself or, you know, I want to lose weight or have digestive issues. So you do a quiz where you tell us more about what's going on or, or all of the above. Um, you tell us what's going on. You tell us a little bit more about you and you know, potentially what supplements you take. And we have AI that actually computes the, like, you know, the, the possibility for different biomarkers that could be off. Based on that, we're going to prescribe you a customized starter test based on your profile. You take that one that you can or either go to Quest Diagnostics with our, the base app, uh, or you could do it at home with a saliva or finger prick test collection, uh, you know, collection test kit that you mail back to the lab, similar to 23andMe. You, five business days later, you get a notification, an app, your results are in, and then we will walk you through, hey, this is what we found. Um, this is, you know, what's off. And now we're going to focus on that vitamin, that hormone, that nutrient that is off and is causing that symptom or potentially that, you know, energy inefficiency. Um, we're going to focus on that. We're going to give you our top three recommendations based on your results uh, that get matched with clinical trials. And, you know, the algorithms uh, are reviewed by doctors. And then you start implementing those recommendations in one month. After that, you're going to get retested for that specific thing that was off. We want to make sure that that recommendation that you're doing, it's actually working and you're feeling better. Um, in, you know, in, in some cases, we're going to need to retest one more time just, just to make sure. It depends on you know, if, if the person managed to fix it or if we needed to adjust the recommendation a little bit more. And then after that, we have the, what we call the monitor quarter, quarterly monitor plan where a user every three months can choose to keep an eye on those areas that they are not doing well or that they really want to improve, but with personalized recommendations. Like they want a personalized diet, a personalized like supplement plan or personalized lifestyle, lifestyle tips that they could take to improve a given area based on their lab results. And that would be the monitor plan that I mentioned uh, where you can monitor multiple areas at once or just one, so you can also customize it. And based on your profile, we would also select the right test for you. If you're a pro or a biohacker, you can actually select your own own test as well. Is there a way, like I know there's a, a few different tracks you can go on. So you guys offer, I think last I checked, it was sleep, diet, energy, stress, and sex drive. And uh, if someone's just like sort of feeling lousy and like they can't sleep and they have low energy and they're stressed out all the time and they don't really know what to do. They're not a biohacker. Uh, they just want to like go and figure out what's wrong with them. They have no idea. Uh, what do they do? Do they like pick the first one? You know, they just pick the most problematic. They go to sleep or do they talk to someone? How do they know what they want to have measured? Or is it just really an iterative process where like you start somewhere and then if the issue doesn't sort of flare up there, you just keep going and it's just like either month to month or quarter to quarter process. You would take the quiz. So the quiz will ask you exactly what is going on um, and a little bit more about you to give you this specific starter test that is you know, most relevant to what's going on. That's our, you know, our go-to when someone really wants to fix uh, a set of things or a given thing, because it's the one that like usually has the, you know, like about at least, 68% in the worst cases of members that go through the improvement plan fix something. And that's just usually, you know, accounting for drop-off. But for those who actually finish it, we are looking at above 85% of, you know, success in only a couple of months uh, with lab testing. And, you know, we see a lot of people that have been struggling with things for two years or three years until they come to us. And, you know, for example, for sleep, we see a lot of people that they have, chronic inflammation uh you talked about longevity which is another you know thing that if you want to live for a really long time you want to make sure that you continue your inflammation or else it will lead to cancer alzheimer's and so forth so a lot of people live with chronic inflammation which blocks the production of melatonin what we see for those users which is common in this case is that they overdose in melatonin they become like hooked uh to the supplement where you know, you would also see their melatonin levels in the morning really high, which means, you know, they, they are overdosing, they are groggy, um, 
in their entire circadian rhythm is offset. Um, and what we usually do is we actually identify why are you not producing enough melatonin? Is it that you have a lot of stress, like a lot of cortisol and blah? Like, is it that you have a lot of inflammation? Is it that your sugar is off? Is it that like your lifestyle is, you know, like it's very hectic in the, in the evenings and you're not producing enough melatonin in the evenings, but then this cycle is healthy. So depending on that, we're going to take different routes to improve that problem. And that's when I said, like, we see a lot of users that after two or three years trying different things, like, you know, they try Fitbit, they try all kinds of supplements for sleeping. They were just not addressing the common root cause. Um, and what we do is like go to that root cause, fix it with our recommendations, retest to make sure that you are good to go in, in two to three months. And then they are, they are good to go. In the case, as you said, when a lot of things are off, the improvement program itself is already smart enough to like figure out what are the top two or three tests to begin with and what would be the one that we'll, we are going to focus on, which usually um, like in 90% of cases correlates with the rest getting significantly better. And, and that's something that we already do for, for our members as well. Yeah. So uh, when I went to try the product uh, a month or two ago, um, I, I signed up for the stress route. Uh, I did that because basically I've had somewhat chronic back pain for a while and just like can't really get to the root of it. I'm sure like there's certain things I know I probably could do that would help it like stretching and acupuncture and whatnot. But uh, it, it had occurred to me from some people and, and a couple of books that I read that like stress could be causing that. And I never felt like I was overly stressed. Like I, I think I operate in like somewhat intense environments for like career and otherwise, but um, it never really bothered me. Like, like some people talk about, you know, struggling with anxiety and, and things like this. So I took the stress test and it came back and uh, I had my consultation with someone from your company. And like the bottom line was, you know, everything was between like, okay, and pretty good and, and maybe even sometimes a little bit better. So it was like, all right, there's no like huge issue here. Uh, and so for me, I think it would be like back to the drawing board, uh, not back to the drawing board, but like, I'd be curious to try some of these other sort of tests that, that you guys offer um, as well. I'm curious, like when people come to the platform, is there like an overwhelming, um, you know, top issue, like, you know, 80% of the people who, who try base are having like issues sleeping or I know you mentioned like inflammation was a common, a common thread issue between all of them, but I'm curious if there's like a common uh, customer that you're seeing in these early days. Yeah. And before I answer the question, uh, I would love to dig a little bit more in your experience because I, I think I saw that you were in investment banking before. Yeah, that's that right. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you are used to deal with really high cortisol levels, I, I assume. Um, yeah, that, that's probably right too. Yeah. So th <laughs> that was what I was alluding to with, uh, accustomed, uh, high stress environments, but it, it just doesn't bother me so much. I don't, I don't know why, but I, I sort of have this physical, uh, manifestation again, it, it could be totally unrelated. I might just like run too much and not stretch enough. I don't really know, but, uh, it was an issue I was trying to sort out. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I just need to keep going with base. And I think something, uh, eventually, I mean, I know, all of my levels aren't optimal. So something will definitely show up and I can take some of the recommendations towards that, I'm sure. Yeah, and more curious to hear about your experience when you started testing with us or that first test that you took, were you trying to optimize or fix specific symptoms that you're dealing with right now or like mostly like general knowledge? Let's see what's going on. Uh, what do you mean? Like what was I focused on at the time? Yeah, yeah. Like I was wondering if like you're, Right now, going through a specific issue, like health issue that you, you know, you were also trying, you're trying to debug, right? Or like mm -hmm. understanding a bit, a bit further. Yeah. So uh, I was, uh, I wasn't doing anything like in particular at that time, but um, I am pretty health conscious, like um, to your point earlier on longevity, like I, I just personally believe that if I sort of do what I can in my twenties, when I'm still sort of developing and, and building habits and whatnot and getting used to my own sort of defaults and status quo that if I sort of find the right systems and the right defaults and right status quos that I can sort of turn off, you know, thinking about it uh, later in life and just sort of 
do what I do and be like reasonably healthy and hopefully live, live for a long time. Um, so that's sort of, you know, in, in my twenties I have, or at least last couple of years, I've spent a good amount of time and energy sort of trying to be healthy and, um, you know, try to get good exercise. I've got the aura ring, which helps me sort of track my sleep. I'm a big proponent of the idea, like what gets measured gets managed. That's at the top of the show as an advertisement <laughs> actually. Um, so I'm definitely like pretty proactive and I generally feel pretty good, but, um, it's just this chronic back pain, which it's like a blessing and a curse because it's, uh, it's like not bad enough that it makes me like really want to act on it or uh, fix it. And I always feel very fortunate if that's like my worst problem, but nonetheless, it is a bit of a nuisance and uh, like, you know, sitting at a, at a desk for too long, sort of uh, get like, you know, I, I need to like move. And sometimes that still doesn't really help. So uh, I, I turned to base uh, sort of came across you guys and turned to base as an option of like, okay, well, I haven't really done much blood tests. So maybe this is a good place to start. Got it. Uh, and curious to hear if you actually tested for inflammation on your during your first round of tests. I don't think so, but I think I definitely should. Um, I tested the the only one I remember really was cortisol. Um, I should have looked at it before this, but uh, cortisol came up and it was like exceedingly good. It was like I think there was cortisol in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. Okay. And one yep. of them, I was like 99% for whatever the, uh, you know, optimal Whoa. score is. Yeah. So I was <laughs> that, like, all right. That never happened. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I actually think there's like the opposite of a problem here with the cortisol, but, um, but everything. And then the other things were sort of more, uh, fancy lingo that, that I wasn't as familiar with and, and can't recall, but, um, everything was, like I said, sort of at least okay or good. Um, so I mm -hmm. think I got the hint to like look elsewhere. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. And I think that probably your inflammation, um, is a good first stop, uh, next to, to look into, you know, that potential back pain that you've mentioned. And to your point as well, I think, um, uh, you know, just to, to get into the conversation of cortisol, which for me as a founder now I'm, I'm fine, um, managing with, you know, managing really high levels of cortisol, as you've mentioned. What I am noticing, though, um, even my melatonin, like, doesn't get too much impacted by it. Like, I do take three micrograms of melatonin at night just to make sure um, that I can go to sleep. And I always, always need to make sure to close my laptop one hour before bed. And I actually mm -hmm. meditate for 30 minutes to make sure that I bring that cortisol back down. Um, but what I have noticed, as you said, is that it, it builds up and it builds up um, inflammation in my body. So then if I make sure, if I don't, you know, actually do daily management of those cortisol levels, or though from, from a mental perspective, I have no issue managing those. And sometimes that's just that you notice your body that, you know, your resting heart rate is a little bit elevated on your Apple watch or like my, my breathing is slightly, slightly short, um, but I'm fine from a mental perspective. As I said, um, I actually like the adrenaline and, and the rush, mm -hmm. but I pay it with those inflammation levels, which I definitely don't want to see increasing. And then I need to be super intentional about my um, stress and cortisol uh, daily levels management. So for example, I need to make sure that I'm working out um on weekdays and i'm really you know religious about that because when you work out that's a good way to release cortisol uh in a you know short period of, that, of time to make sure that then those cortisol levels don't go up during the the rest of the day um and that's something that for me personally i've, I've realized that also those high cortisol levels although you're fine eventually can build up some inflammation which leads as you said to injuries or, you know, potential health issues down the line. Yeah. So I, I think I don't, I don't want to misspeak, but I think the, um, when I said 99% cortisol for myself, at least, I think it was like, that was the score of like the optimalness of it. If that's a word, uh, rather like it wasn't like, you know, max cortisol that I have like so much more than others. It was actually like, here's the range. And because you're at like near the bottom of this ideal range like you get a 99% or near the middle I don't remember exactly what it was I think that's what it was but um I'm curious like because you talked a lot about sort of things that I think are widely applicable for a lot of people 
closing the laptop an hour before bed, um, taking a little bit of melatonin. I've heard a lot of people have had success with, um, definitely don't just try it because you're hearing me talk about it right now, but, uh, you know, look into it or, or whatever. Uh, and I think the one thing I know about melatonin, I think is that it helps with going to sleep, but not necessarily sleeping, right? It like helps sort of trigger the sleep, um, to turn on like a circadian rhythm sort of would, um, maybe correct me if I'm wrong there, but I'm, I'm curious to dig in. Like, I know a lot of people who meditate, uh, I don't know a lot of people who meditate for like 30 minutes. And I'm curious to hear if you have any, uh, sort of guidance based on a practice that you've come to, which obviously seems to work for you. Uh, to some degree to just sort of like unplug when the day is done and um, calm down before you go to sleep? I'd say that there's no one size fits all. Um, and in my case, as I mentioned, my cortisol levels are usually 2x above the threshold. Um, so, you know, you mentioned 90, 99% optimal. Mine are about 40% optimal. Oh, uh, they okay. are not okay. great. Yeah, they're, they're, really, they're really high. So because of that, uh, my cortisol in the evening is high and it prevent it just basically blocks the production of uh, melatonin, right? So what needs to happen for your melatonin is that it needs to start going up around 8, 9 p.m. ideally, like assuming that you go to bed at 11, midnight, 11 p.m. or midnight, you should start to see those levels slightly rising and those levels should be already high around 10, 11 p.m. If your cortisol levels are high at the time, your melatonin is not going to be able to go up, right? So then for me, that just means that I'm going to have to go to bed later. And if I never unplug, <laughs> um, you know, like eventually I'm not going to start producing melatonin. To your point, I supplement with it right now just because um, I'm working and my cortisol levels don't go down um, because I stopped working around 11 p.m., 10.30 p.m. or 11 p.m., um, and then, you know, like my melatonin levels just didn't get a chance to go up. I do have a good circadian rhythm, you know, and, and now I'm managing my inflammation really well. My sugar is on point. I am not magnesium deficient. And because of all of those things, my melatonin cycle stays really healthy, which means that once those levels go up, they will continue to go up and eventually in the morning they will go down. Uh, I don't get groggy because I take exactly the amount of supplementation that I need. Uh, and as I mentioned, what we see at base is a lot of people that take 10 milligram and their melatonin levels in the morning are so high, which means that they're going to be super sleepy. They're not going to be able to wake up uh, or like workouts are going to be really hard. Um, so in, in the morning, so that's something that, you know, to, to keep in mind because it's not a one size fits all. So if I were not to be, to be a founder and I would not be working until 10 or 11 PM, probably I wouldn't even need it um, because I would have been able to go to bed early um, without those. So as you said, um, it truly depends on what's going on with your cycle. And then what happens, so if you have inflammation or you have other issues like magnesium deficiency, it's not like you cannot start to produce melatonin. It's like the whole thing is off, right? Um, and even throughout the night. So in that case, what we generally do would be, you know, to look into those levels when someone cannot sleep, but, you know, you see that like that melatonin levels are able to go up at night, we start to dig deeper into inflammation, magnesium deficiency, um, stress, and, and so forth to see what could be going on in there that it's causing them to, you know, wake up frequently at night and so forth. Right. So um, you mentioned like, you know, it sort of comes with the territory of being a founder. And I think it's tough where like you, you know, if you're, if you're working like a nine to five job or nine to six, nine to seven, 10 to seven, whatever it is, um, you sort of have these like, you know, times where you are expected to be on and then times when you're, it's expected that you'll be off. But when you're a founder, um, I mean, working for a startup in generally maybe, but certainly being in, in charge of the show and, you know, buck stops with you, there's this pressure where like the more, you know, it's always like in your control to do more or less than the right thing or the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, having the, high, the already high cortisol levels you mentioned, um, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. I feel like to, uh, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show, like everything's about sort of what are you optimizing for? What are you prioritizing? And uh, I feel like sometimes it's hard to know, like, all right, it's 10 p.m. 
And, uh, you know, I, I should probably just like turn off my computer now and like get ready for sleeping and get some rest and be, be like hundred percent tomorrow, but maybe I can just work like five more hours right now and like have a late night and get a ton done. And then it's okay. If I like, don't feel as well tomorrow or whatever, how do you navigate like this trade off of, um, sort of the traditional, like the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. And sort of what I, what seems to be like an increasingly popular um, idea, whether or not people are acting on it, I'm not sure, but just the idea that like, well, actually I'm going to be making the best decisions and like doing the best work. And, you know, my company is going to succeed more likely if I just take care of myself and don't pull like those late nights and um, do sort of prioritize my health. Uh, And that sort of is prioritizing the company. How do you think about like that trade-off and how does it sort of uh, manifest like in your actual like practical day to day. I think I take it on a you know case by case situation. I've done that a few times, and I and I like it. It's fun. Um, I think for me the rule of thumb is that I need to hit my number of of, of hours sleeping. So if I don't have meeting in, meetings in the morning, like I just these days my meetings start at 8 30 a.m so i know that i just simply cannot afford that or like cannot afford not sleeping um but if i you know my morning is up open and then i'm really in a good you know on a good work stream i can make that decision consciously uh sometimes what i also know as i mentioned because i know that i'm gonna sleep seven hours no matter what like every time i go to bed i you know like I just add seven hours to the point where I'm going to bed until, you know, to set my alarm basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is fun. I'm enjoying this a lot, loving this work stream, but I'm a bit tired. My mind is a bit fatigued. And then uh, I also like going to bed and waking up super excited to pick up where I left off and knowing that I'm just going to block my calendar for the next for the first two hours of the morning to like continue and finish that. Um, So as I mentioned, I take it on a case by case basis uh, where sometimes I make the decision to stay, you know, a couple of hours uh, more until like one or 2 AM. And then, you know, I would wake up at 10 if I, if I could, if I didn't have meetings or sometimes I just simply like, you know, close my laptop, go to bed and then do those extra two hours in the morning. What I know now is just like, it's been too many fail experiments where then you don't sleep. Um, where sometimes like, you know, you you can sleep five hours in one night and then the next day for whatever random reason, like you're fine, right? But if you do that twice in a row, it's just impossible to carry on with my day. Um, so that's also something that I've noticed for myself. So what I will not make, well, the decision that I will not make is to not sleep. Yeah, no, it sounds like a... Uh wise one to make and uh playing it case by case i think is the only way to really do it um switching gears a little bit uh going through your website you know it's hard not to make comparisons to uh theranos which obviously sort of uh blew up and in a not so good way uh i'm curious and there's so i was reading through the website and there was like sort of a reference to that i think uh you know why to or to not compare this uh but i'm curious how you sort of compare and contrast the two and uh, maybe, you know, what you think happened with them versus what you guys are looking to do differently. Yeah, there's actually actually a whole article on the New York Times that uh, we got featured in about this. Um, I think that Theranos was really different. It, it, different. It was a device that was not working, right? We work with accredited labs and Quest Diagnostics for them to do the test. We just simply facilitate access to that. We prescribe the test and then we get those results from the lab and we make those accessible to you in app, digestible. We give you recommendations on top of that. So it's more like, yeah, there's there's some lab testing involved in the mix, but in, in our case, we are not doing the test. We are just simply handling, like leaving that off to professionals and to uh, high quality labs to do that analysis mm-hmm. and then we just manage the rest so let me ask maybe this is uh like too in the weeds of a question but um when i go to like get my blood drawn for example for whatever the issue is in the past like they take like a bunch of these vials 
but with base, it's just a finger prick. And like, I stamped my finger on, I think it was like five circles on a piece of paper and that's all I needed to send in. Um, is that like a new, a new thing that these labs are doing or am I just, I just got suckered into giving like multiple tubes every time I went in for whatever reason. Oh, there's a reason why you are required to do multiple tubes when you go in, probably because you are also analyzing more biomarkers. And also when you go in, uh, if you have a, if we have a chance to collect more blood, that's always helpful. So when you go to the lab, uh, which you can also do with base, so people can choose whether they want to take their test at home or at Quest Diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to Quest, what happens is that they take extra blood in case they need to rerun the sample multiple times. So what happens that could be unfortunate is like in 5% of cases, uh, there's this thing that happens w- with blood where it becomes hemolyzed, which means that like it becomes a blob in uh, if you, you have like issues with, um, well, anyhow, it becomes like a blob and it's hard to analyze it. And in that case, if you go to Quest, that's fine because they have more, right? Uh, and they have a other tube that they, other tubes that they can um, run for the sample. What happens in that 5% of cases or, you know, two to 5% of cases um, is that you would need to like take the test again at home. So we would need to send you another test kit or you to repeat the sample. Um, and that can also happen if you, you know, like uh, didn't ship it on time or a few other things, but that's one of the limitations of at-home testing. It, it is important. And this is something that we have a whole blog post about. We have on our Instagram, a highlight reel that you can read more about this. The gold standard will always be to go to the lab. Now at home lab testing is accurate enough, which means that you have, Actually, um, this basically you have health professionals that are submitting tests to these, like through this at home methodology, to make sure that is it is accurate enough, and it means you know it meets the FDA regulations and and all of those things. So, let's say for example for your cortisol reading that it was ninety nine percent optimal. Maybe if you were to have done that at a lab, it would have been ninety seven instead of 99, or for someone that is 97, it would have been 99. So like you're talking about small difference versus, um, you know, like something that would not be accurate at all. Mm -hmm. So for us, we always say, yeah, the gold standard is to go to the lab. So if you want to have the most accurate reading possible, go to the lab. From our experience, these labs that when you do at home lab testing, they are, you know, they have to go through regulations continuously. And it's going to be accurate enough for you to like figure out what's going on with your energy, with your diet, with your sex drive, stress, so forth. Um, And in the case of an error reading your sample, we are going to have to send you another test kit, which is going to take time and it may, you know, become inconvenient. So that's one of the things that we usually, you know, we talk a lot about to our members. Um, And you also mentioned if this is a new thing. So this methodology was actually developed for kids, for um, people, well, for kids that are under five years old, uh, because you cannot do a traditional blood draw on them in a lot of cases, or think of newborns, right? So this methodology of collection was developed for in pediatrics and has been around since the 80s, I believe. Um, and now it just became, it, it became mainstream for at home collection uh, for, for labs. But Quest, LabCorp, and all of these, you know, names that we know have been doing this type of uh, testing since, since the 80s. It's interesting. You, you said you, uh, you dropped out of medical school but it, and went obviously the engineering path, but it sounds like you certainly have, uh, you know, kept going on, on both in a sense. And now what you're doing very much combines the two. Uh, I'm curious to ask a question that's uh, sort of, you know, off, off topic from what we've been talking about with all the healthcare and more, uh, geographical growing up in, in Spain, obviously like, a um, you know, pretty untraditional path for a, uh, a founder here in America or out in Silicon Valley. Uh, and I also understand you've spent some time, I think at le- in at least a few cities. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like New York, San Francisco, I think Seattle, maybe with Amazon and then Miami as well. And I'm curious yep. to hear like your comparison of um, 
all these different geographies, especially now where it's become easier than ever to sort of relocate, given that a lot of people aren't really tied to their offices anymore. Uh, I'm curious, like the U.S. cities comparison, since you've sort of been to all the main ones and worked there. And then uh, as like a wild card, having spent a lot of time in Spain, how that compares differently and like whether one might consider going out of the country now, speaking as like an American, uh, to go and start a country abroad, potentially. Uh, yeah. start, a comp- start a company, excuse me, if I, if I said country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the number one thing is to start from the beginning about Spain. The biggest leverage of, you know, uh, being a Spanish citizen and having come to America when I was 23 years old um, was that or is that I do not accept the current healthcare system here in the U.S. So after coming from a country in like like Spain, where you go to the doctor and there is not a goddamn bill that like surprises you three weeks later with a, you know, a $600 bill like that still blows my mind where the price is hidden. There's like random things like payers have like obscure payers are like insurance companies have obscure rules here uh, and prices are jacked while doctors still get underpaid. It it just simply blows my mind. Um, And this is one of the reasons why we are creating base. We are creating a continuous care company that is focused on you, on your needs, on your daily problems, on, you know, when you start to not feel great, when you potentially get to a sick state and we help you navigate the system that's what base is here for and this is something that you know comes from my frustration with the u.s healthcare system that it's just purely broken and then in terms of different cities i've been navigating all of these cities always from the tech scene which was the industry that i've been working on since i came to the u.s so for me it was fun to explore seattle that is just you know as you said very like Amazon and Microsoft and, you know, like uh, Amazon at the end of the day is an an ops, a tech ops business. Um, And it was just great to see the community there where, you know, you also see a lot of diversity because Amazon has like offices across the world and a lot of people coming from India. So that was great exposure to that. New York was the fun city, right? Like I moved to New York because it was really fun and there were still some, you know, tech companies there. And luckily I got into Instagram where they, when they were opening their New York office, so I got to work with um, really closely with the co-founders, well, with one, uh, with the technical, the, the former CTO. And it was a great exposure to get a chance to, you know, have lunch with him and challenge him on certain ideas or propose new ideas when I was like somewhat, you know, junior at the time um and then the bay area was interesting not my vibe um and i was also commuting to menlo park uh, and uh, you know living in the city taking the call train so it, it was all around you could live and breathe tech which to me like that i work a lot when i'm taking that little break um throughout my work day i just don't like to be talking about work I don't like going to a bar and being asked, what do you do for work? And let's just talk about it. I'm like, no, no, I'm here because I want to take a break from work. Um, and, and then Miami um, definitely was that silver lining of the pandemic for me where, you know, you get to go to the beach and, and sun and then like a lot of tech folks have moved here. So you get a little bit of, you know, all of the, all of the different worlds. Great. Yeah, that, that's a good overview. And obviously, it's uh, it's personal for everyone, but I don't think so many people have lived in all of them. So it's it's curious to hear uh, what your experiences was like in each. Uh, my yeah. last question for you is uh, generally, you know, this is your first time founding a company after previously working as a an software engineer at a bunch of different companies, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm curious, uh, I think you're a couple of years into this now. What's your favorite part of being a founder? I guess that I get to create and disrupt an industry with my vision. Um, that's definitely the best part. And when you see people joining, joining you when they could be joining like other companies, I think most of Bayes' employees have had offers from other companies, including big tech, and they chose they chose Bayes, which to me is something that I, I, I'm really grateful for. Um, so I would say that that 
that's one. Um, and the other one is just like I get to reinvent myself every day, right? Like my job is not to do what I want, what it's been scoped. My job is really to figure out every day what does my company need from me? How do I get that done and get that done? So three steps, very simple, right? Very complex in real to bring it to life. Um, so that also, you know, forces me to grow in so many areas and directions that has been definitely an adventure and a journey. And by the way, I've noticed that I didn't answer your last question uh, about like, you know, living potentially in Spain for people that live in the U.S. Mm. Uh, I would just say one caveat here is that your if your job is in the U.S., uh, working hours there are not going to work. And so if you're considering moving abroad, definitely pay attention to those to, to the time zone and working hours because uh, you definitely don't want to be working until midnight. That's something that, you know, when I go back to Spain to visit my family, um, especially as a CEO, I have, you know, meetings that I have to still maintain uh, in, in the East Coast, in East Coast times. So I'm usually I'm generally in meetings until midnight when I, when I visit my family. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to uh, consider the, the time zone thing, but I'm curious, like for, for people starting a company, I feel like um, starting a company abroad is probably more than ever, uh, more than it ever has been like a, a reasonable option, obviously you have to hire people within the time zone, but um, you know, there's, there's more than just America for a, a good way of life and a nice place to live while, while building a company. So I was curious for, uh, to hear your perspective from Spain, but um, I think we're coming up on time. So uh, I just want to, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up there, but uh, I just want to thank you Lola for, for taking the time and coming on the show and talking about base and talking about your story. Uh, it's, it's been really interesting and I know I'm, I'm certainly rooting for you and, and the company and excited to, uh, to continue my personal journey using base and uh, maybe we'll get to the root of this back pain sooner than later. But if not, uh, I know base is helping a lot of people fix a lot of things. So uh, excited to see what's next and uh, where, where can people go to follow base and follow you and, and see what's next for, uh, for you and the company. So they can find us on Instagram at get underscore base or uh, our webpage, uh, get-base.com. Um, I usually am quite active or somewhat active on Twitter at uh, Lolita Priego, um, like my last name. Uh, I usually you know, post about my views on the healthcare system, technology, and so forth. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you very much again and uh, great talking with you. Thank you for having me. 